Welcome to the Music Arc on the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah. And my name is Patrick Duffy, and I took a beating. I'm just kidding. My name's Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers, back once again, this time discussing sophomore albums. But before we get to that, a few notes in general. We host a little podcast also on part of the Arc of E Network called Carpenter Revisited. If you're not listening, you should be. But since we're not recording a new episode for that for a while, and there was some huge news, which technically, tangentially relates to to the music arc, um, we got to shout this out. John Carpenter returned to directing after seven years with a video for for Christine. Christine. Yeah. A reworking of the theme of the movie Christine, which we've covered. Yes. And I think the text I got from you was, I just came a little bit. Yes. And I was like, yeah, I didn't want to say it, but I, I kind of did too. Yeah. It's it was like, amazing. He's still got it. It looks amazing. He's in it on top of that. Yes. And it sounds amazing as well. Did you so, ever watch the video for Night? Yeah, I watched the video for Like night. he puts on the VR headset yeah. and everything? That is dope, dude. No, yeah. all, of the, all of the stuff so far has been awesome. Yeah, I loved speaking. this Christine video so much. I tweeted at him. I like commented on the thread for his Twitter post. Then I made my own Twitter post and tagged him and Sandy King. And I was just like, Sandy King, can you make him do a video for Uh every song? Because I would love it if I get an escape and a big trouble with Kurt Russell in the music video with John. Or if don't, you know what? Don't even even thought that far. Don't do the big trouble theme. Do an updated Big Trouble in Little China. Get Nick Castle. Get Tommy get Lee Wallace. Back get the Coupe de Villes back together again. I think that's like the fifth or sixth time we've said that at yeah. this point. But yeah, if you haven't seen the video yet, go check it out and keep an ear out for the anthology itself, which comes out on October 20th, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that'll basically be our next episode of Carpenter Revisited. Yeah, we should just is, wait We'll then. go through that and we'll do our music list. That'll for be nice. Yeah, yeah, that'll be... That actually... Like a dual, you know, movie slash music arc in one mashup. Yeah. The two. Crossover, which we've just been doing a ton of lately yeah. uh, on the arc of E.com. And Go we'll check call out it, all that stuff. We'll call it Jack's Not Wings. Yep. Totally. Jack's Not Wings, as always. Hashtag Jack's Not Wings. So now that we have uh, our Carpenter Revisited business out of the way, let's, uh, let's dive right into what, at, across all the podcasts we've done so far, which is a, a good little bit. And as far as top 10 list, I think we've maybe done seven or so. Seven or eight-ish. Yeah. Um, Again, we're not sure. Jack's not wings. Yeah. Jack's not wings. Yep. Lovers, (laughs) not experts. On that note. I wish you could have been. This, I I was totally building up to it. Go ahead, man. I wish you could have been in the room (laughs) when I had to explain to dad what Jack's not wings means. Did he? Okay. Side note. Again, sorry if you came immediately expecting a top 10. On that note, yeah, he texted me, Jack's Not Wangs, and I had the same thought. I was like, did he listen through the episode? And even in the context of the episode, I'm like, do you get it if you're not like on the same page with the thought process we had at the time? But yeah, I was like, did he get it when he texted it to us, or did you have to explain it to him after the fact? He texted to me. I sent you the screen cap, and then uh-huh. when I was talking to him... Last Saturday, I went over to watch the Carolina game at his place, watch kickoff there, and we watched the rest at the bar. But uh, he was like, so Jack's not wings, huh? And I was like, yeah. Do you do you get it? He's like, I mean, I listened to it. Like, Noah asked me if I listened to all of them. But, you know, I mean, if I'm going to cut the grass, I'll put the earphones in and I'll listen and walk and listen to the podcast. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, dude, that's you know, a great way to kill time. 
you know, why not? You listen to talk radio all the time. Why not listen to your sons talk about stuff? Yeah. And I explained to him, like, the even whole, if it's the bullshit that you yeah. don't care about hearing, like, in person, yeah, when we're not there, yeah. it's kind of like you're, we're just in the background, like we normally are. Yeah. Just maybe yeah. brings him to a nice center. I explained to him the whole idea that, like, Jack is not an expert at all in, like, Chinese mythology or what's going on. And Dad's like, oh, he's just, like, along for the ride. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so he got it a little bit. But, yeah, okay. that was just, I wish you could have been in the com- oh in the God. shop to have that conversation. That would have been awesome. But, yeah, so hashtag Jack's not wings. Yep, and that's been Dad Corner. Bring dad Corner. Back. We haven't, haven't had, had dad one in forever, forever, forever dude. man. Dad Corner on the music arc, son. All right, yep. Cue the uh, Parliament, or no, Lakeside. Yep. Boom, Hey, come on, come on, take a ride. It's a party over there, and ain't no jive. Dude, I think if if we could get Dad on any podcast, it would be top ten funk songs and or albums, and we could just talk to him about like growing up in the seventies. Dude, it'd be so much. Fun. I played him today was a good day from Ice Cube, and he was like, "I like that song." I was like, "Yeah, it's dope." He goes, "I liked it when it was Footsteps in the Dark Part 2. I was like, yeah. "What?" There's so much, like, that would almost be interesting in and of itself. If we took, like, all of the stuff that he loves that has been sampled oh, in, yeah. like, more modern hip-hop and stuff and oh, just dude. try to see what he thinks of it, that would be a great cast. Yeah. We have to talk to him about that. Maybe, maybe like, as a birthday gift to you next month, he'll do it. Yeah. That'd be dope. I feel like that would be the one way to get him on here is talk about his music taste because he's got, like, yeah. Like, he's got him, some his, good like, music taste. He is the taste... sole reason that I listen to, like... He brings like the funk, soul, R&B, like all of that side. I mean, mom a little bit, but more so like that influence comes from dad. Yeah, he definitely like you. Oh, man, you you should have seen him at the tailgate the other day for Darlington when like funk stuff would come on. I don't know what it is, but like I want to get his like our age now. I want to get his playlist then because he would have been like, well, late 70s, early 80s, just in the uh, just joined the Air Force. Like he would tell me about how he would go like get all of his shit done on Friday nights. And then mm-hmm. like, by the time he got to the bar, all the guys that left work are like drunk and he's showing up at nine, all fresh, like, Hey ladies want to dance. And then they <laughs> boom, like he's on the dance floor and shit. And I'm like, dude, what, why am I almost 30 and just hearing this? Like you, 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 you had like a really dope life before no one I showed up. We, we must've bored the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just sitting home pizza on Friday nights, but I'm sure he loves he us. He seems pretty happy. I, yeah, I know sure he, he loves is. us. Yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah, Dad Corner Part Two. Part Two. Moving, moving along. Let me yeah go back to your segue. I'm so sorry for interrupting, but I had to tell you that story. It was ugh, had to tell you that story. It was it was hilarious. All, all I was gonna say, um, this is the hardest list yeah. I've had to make across all of these top tens. I'm I'm currently showing Gavin my this is my like oh know, god dude my that's... brainstorm page, which pretty much looks like a government document that was like redacted, redacted by a three year old maybe. Yeah. Um, Who's so, not on his ADHD medicine? I'm sure we'll get into this when we get to juniors, which you won't hear till next week. But we're about to record in the room, you see, Dude, behind the behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Anyways, um, you want to start it off? You want me to start it off? I guess I'll open, and I'll go ahead and say up front: uh, anybody who tuned out uh, at the beginning of the last episode when we opened by talking about the killers for like 15 minutes. Because I think you opened Hot Fuss was your number 10 and it was on my list. I'll go ahead and get that out of the way. And again, this was the hardest list to make. So I stuck this at number 10 and it's technically cheating, but I don't care. This was a very difficult list. I'm going to slide two in here. 
Not only am I going to briefly talk about Sam's Town, which I mentioned as much on the first cast. But Brandon Flowers' second album. His second album, The Desired Effect. How did we not know that I've was shouted coming? at you like forever, but it's amazing. It is truly like he set out to make an album where every single song could be a single, and I think he pretty much did it. Like top to bottom, it's just, it's totally listenable. It's a fantastic pop album. I love all of the 80s influence in it. I'm just going to shout out real quick. I can change. Still want you and digging up the heart. favorites off of that we don't have to talk about sam's town but it's one of those that they took a clear like change in trajectory for maybe where people thought they were gonna go and went with this like very springsteen influenced like you know storytelling rock americana feel and i absolutely love it i think it's better than hot fuss i think it's more of a cohesive feel and it is technically like a concept album i think i read my mind on it yeah, okay, that's my favorite of theirs. On that as well, for reasons unknown, Bones. Bones yes. And This River is Wild, I would shout out as well. But I'll, I'll, I'll we'll table that unless they show up on your list. Okay, well, that's it. You don't have to hear about the killers anymore, so I hope you sticked around uh, past Stuck that. Around. Stuck around. <laughs> yeah. Over to you for your number 10. All right, my number 10 comes from 2004, and it is an album, The excuse me, the album entitled... A Grand Don't Come Free by the Streets. Okay. And most specifically, the song Fit But You Know It. See, I reckon you're about an eight or a nine. Maybe even nine and a half in four beers time. That blue top, sharp top you've got on is nice. Bit too much fake tan, no, but yeah, you score high. But there's just one little thing that's really, 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 really annoying me about you, you see. Yeah, yeah, like I said, you are really fit, but my gosh... Don't you just know it? I'm not trying to fool you, even though I would like to. I think you are really fit. You're fit, but my gosh, don't you know it? Okay. I you ever heard that it? is the only song. That is the only song. I know. By that, them. Yeah. The rest of the so album is really good stuff on There's here? other good stuff on there, but like that's the one everybody would know. But uh, Lewis Joyce turned me on to these guys, and I started listening to them a lot. This is like around, like, I don't know, 2005, 2006. So they were relatively new. And I remember mm-hmm. watching, listening to them and watching Ali G in the house a lot okay. as like my exposure to English culture, which probably isn't a good idea, but I don't care because I fucking loved it. Ali you know, G in the house is hilarious. Fantastic. Still show. holds up today. Yeah. The movie is even kind of fun. Yeah. So yeah, the, uh, the streets, um, a grand don't come free 2004. That's my number 10. I haven't listened to it in a long time, so I couldn't tell you the names of it. It's not in my mind as much as some of these other uh, albums I'm going to get to, okay. but if you don't listen to any other song, listen to Fit But You Know It. It's kind of a fun, catchy little, you know, yeah, I don't know what you want to call it. Just it's story-esque. Play. It's kind playful. Of playful. Very fun and playful. Yes. So it's a nice way to introduce yourself to them. So, For sure. Yeah. No, you're number nine, brother. Uh, my number nine is Alopecia from the band Why. Hmm. 
came out in 2008. It is produced by the two brothers who are also part of the band, Josiah Wolf and Yoni Wolf, the lead singer. And they run, I forget the name of the label at the moment, but it's like basically indie rock fused with hip hop. I don't know how else to describe it. Very unique sounding band. Definitely not for everybody. Um, case in point, I feel like you can throw on this album to start for anybody, and everybody's gonna love the first track. Like, it kind of catches you off guard, but everybody I played it for seems to dig it. I'm not a ladies' man, I'm a laying mind, filming my own fake death. Under an 88 Cavalier, I go. Nothing but the rear bumpers blown But I was born for this flight United 955 on the 5th of July Back to SFOI I joined the dark side in a thin disguise I was on consumer grade video at night The true test is when you get to track two Which you might recognize from Bellflower because they use a ton of this album in particular in the soundtrack to Bellflower. Hmm. So Good Friday is the second song of the album, and that's where you're basically like, okay, this is dark, this is weird, I don't know like what the tone of this is necessarily. But if you continue to go with it, I feel like it has four of like the strongest openers, and basically this sets the table, and like, if you're into this, I, I encourage you to listen to the first four songs. If you're into it, Continue with the rest of the album, and you're going to find what I think will become one of your favorites. They're one of those bands, I don't have like a standout full album from them other than this one, but this one sticks out in my mind. And they've had a ton of output since. Again, this is 2008. But go check it out, specifically The Vowels Part 2, which opens the album, like I said, Good Friday, into These Few Presidents and The Hollows. And go from there. But be forewarned, it is out there, and it is definitely not for everybody. But I think you dig it, brother. I might dig it. I'll go check it out. Your number nine. My number nine is from 1984. A little album called It's My Life by the band Talk Talk. Okay. Featuring Such a Shame and, of course, the titular track. I've been waiting so long to say titular on a podcast. Titular. The titular song, It's My Life. After 1992, you would probably recognize It's My Life as a No Doubt song. Yes. But as I always do, when I hear covers, I have to remind people, that ain't their song, that's so-and-so's song. Mm. So yes, no doubt covered it. It's my life. Gwen did a great job, but that's love the original. That's definitely going to be a top 10 coming up soon. Yes. Top 10 cover songs. Yes. Yeah. Can't wait for that. I'm going to have way too many for that. Yeah. Yeah. We might have to that's do like going to be a tough one. We might have to do like a top 15 or like a 
one and two parts. Yeah, we, I seriously could have gotten two full top tens out yeah. of what I came up with for sophomore. So we will have a ton of honorable mentions at the end. So if you don't hear something you were expecting to hear, it might be buried there. Or our tastes just don't quite align. We'll see. Yeah. There's some other good Talk Talk yeah, stuff afterwards. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, but I'm like, really this is only the, familiar with that one This is single. the one that you would recognize as like their thing. Um, I'm trying to think... Um, I'll give you. I'm gonna, let me look up the the greatest hits just to kind of run through some extra ones because I know there's everybody knows uh, talk talk uh, such a shame and life's what you make it. Uh, oh, I do like that song. Desire. Okay. Um, and they basically have like a couple, a couple of like different versions of them. Like even on the original album, it's my life. There's like a extended cut or something different of it, but kind of a neat little eighties band. I don't really know where they kind of stand in the pantheon of like great. I don't know if you call them new wave or if you want to call them like pop or what, but they just, it's fun stuff. It's not anything heavy. It's not like, it's definitely not like the cure or so weird how like for a long time, I feel like like all of those production elements that you hear in eighties music were like derided as like, Oh, that sounds bad. Yeah. And like it's slowly come full circle yeah. and like it's back in fashion now. And there's so much in like mainstream pop music right now mm-hmm. that it's just like we're living in the 80s again, essentially, except a really shitty version of it. Yeah. Because I don't like most of it. Where the, the bad guy from the 80s is now the president, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Where Zapka took yeah. over. Dude. I, dude, if Zapka ran tomorrow, I would vote for him. Yeah. Side note. I cannot wait for that Cobra Kai show. Yes. We've got to cover that. Dude. YouTube Red. Yep. YouTube Red. Did you see, and just speaking of 80s, did you see MTV has this thing called 90s House coming out where they're like going to make people live in a house like it's 1990. They took away their phones and <laughs> all this shit. No, probably, that sounds intriguing. Yeah. That it's probably going to be the really first dumb. thing I watch on MTV in like a decade. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, you know, probably going to be a lot better than that Siesta Key show, but I don't like that Siesta Key show because I love that place. And I feel like even though those kids live there, they're like, trample on my home even though i vacation there once a week <laughs> one week out of the year these mm-hmm. kids like live there but you know it is what it is i actually saw them filming the first one of the episodes when i was down there this year okay. then i watched the, the first episode on mute but i actually if you can get past the the terrible dialogue and listen to the music that's and i realized that's how mtv's getting music out there man because there's just some good songs and i was like this fits the mood. I know what I'm supposed to be feeling. I, I don't want to listen to these people this talking. This music's anymore. telling me how to feel. Yeah, this music's getting at me. It's hitting me in my feels, as the young kids say. But yeah, so number nine, Talk Talk, It's My Life, 1984. You're, okay. you're number eight. My number eight, uh, they appeared on my debuts. There was a few where I was like, should I just knock them off just because of that? But at the end of the day, I had to go, like, what are my legit favorite stuff I throw on constantly to actually listen to? And Weatherbox is back here again. Hmm. Their 2009 album, The Cosmic Drama, if you thought it could, couldn't could get any better than American art, it can, and it continues to. Um, I will shout out That Man, which opens the album, King Fran, The Showing of the Instruments, which is track two, Ask My Flashlight, track 10, Don't Say Nice Things, track 12, and The Closer, No Hands, Anything That Moves, Again, brother, I've shouted it at you a billion times. Go listen to them. They are as if Modest Mouse and Say Anything had a baby, and they're amazing, and they're no longer a band. So it's like maybe it's just going to be the three albums and the handful of EPs. Go check them out if you're a fan of just... I don't even know how to begin to talk about Brian Warren and how much I love his his lyrics and his just like approach to songwriting in general. Take 
Go check them out. And that's my number eight, the cosmic drama from Weatherbox. All right, so I'm keeping the 80s. Um, my number eight is Songs from the Big Chair, 1985, from Tears for Fears. Shout. Shout. Let it all out. <laughs> These are the things I can do without. Come on. Dun, dun, dun. I'm talking to you. And then. <laughs> Something, no. I wanted to be with you alone. <laughs> and talk about I'm the weather. I'm just going to let them sing yeah, for a little yeah, bit. You, but this is where you cut in, everybody wants to rule the world, because that's the one everyone knows. Yes. But yes. Um, and it's, like, unequivocal. Like it's The best be trailer the, song, it's, dude. Well, it's got to be in the top 50 just songs of all time. I'm yes. sorry. Even if you hate the 80s, like, it's just one of those songs. That I is never one of my of it on favorite radio. driving songs, dude. Yeah. Tell me you don't just want to put it in, the, in like, the lowest gear and just take the corners and just ship. Just, it's because of the video, dude. How he's driving that old-ass car in the video. It's great. Shout, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, Mother's Talk, I Believe, and Head Over Heels. Head Over Heels is a live track on this, so maybe it was on another album, but it was featured on this one when it was released, so I'm giving Head Over Heels. Other thing I love about them, they're still fucking doing it. Like yes. They were at Bonnaroo like a year or two they ago. They were at the I Love the eight, I Heart 80s Festival. sound fantastic, yes. and apparently their set list is just like, yeah, we're not going to pussyfoot around. Like, we're going to give you everything you want to hear top to bottom in a set with maybe a handful of like Out deep cut yeah. fan favorites in there. But they That's, hit um, everything. They don't shy away from like, cr- we're going to play the hits. Crowded House and Rick Astley. I know Rick Astley's more like late 80s, 90s, but like both of them, when they talked to Chris Harbick on The Nerdist, were like, yeah, we don't shy away from the fact that like we have certain songs everybody wants. We don't. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name from Crowded House. He's like, no, I don't ever not play Don't Dream It's Over. Mm-hmm. But like some people like Fall at Your Feet, so I play that. And it was kind of neat because at the end of that one, he actually played acoustic, some some songs for Chris Hardwick. And then Rick Astley, same thing. He's like, I know what made me a hit. I get that like it's coming back around. Like the internet kept me alive, so I don't shy away from that, you know? But mm-hmm. I do have other songs that are good, so I hope people, you know, will want to hear them as well. But yeah, Tears for Fears is still doing it. Probably best use of that song is the Pirates of Silicon Valley trailer. Everybody wants to rule the world. I was just talking about that movie Saturday night, as a matter of fact. 
state i guess that's technically tv arc but TV we could arc. maybe shoehorn that into yeah. movie arc tv movie it's only because when we were at the bar one of the bar hands like here comes bill gates and what the guy walked in looked just like bill gates with yeah. like a smoking hot younger lady with him it's like okay bill nice. and then i just turned to somebody and said hey did you ever see the pirates of silicon valley on tnt no okay well maybe i was just me and then the conversation was over <laughs> i'm trying to think of other like there was for some reason, always sticks out in my mind. There's an episode of ER that yes. ends with the use of it. For some reason, that's in my brain. What are some like big movies? I feel like yeah, trailers all over the place. But yeah, every I feel like that's a quintessential. Like everybody knows it. Like yeah. just as a baseline. We should send that into space and I again. I feel like there's nothing but goodwill towards Tears for Fears in general. Yeah, no like, one hates. No, I never hear anybody like, oh, I fucking hate the song. Like yeah. everybody likes tears for me. And uh, I mean, and Donnie Darko brought it back with Head Over Heels. I feel like a whole for new sure. generation found out about them through that. That soundtrack, dude, top to bottom, yes, fantastic. That's another good one. Movie soundtracks. Yeah, we'll get, get on there. there. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> Just gotta get through the rest of this list. Yep. My number seven. Is that correct? Yep. Um, staying in the uh, alternative indie rock vein. First time they've shown up. They definitely could have been an honorable honorable mention on debuts. Manchester Orchestra. With mean everything to nothing. I, I love them in general. This is the quintessential album for them, though, for me. This is where I would say, if you want to see like everything that they're about, you can go here. Now, they've definitely... The follow-up, Simple Math, branches out a little more like sonically speaking, but still kind of retains the core of what they're about. Their most recent one, uh, Black Model of the Surface, uh, I enjoy... I'm still kind of processing in general, but they definitely have gotten to the point where they now change it up a good bit. But this is a, a nice blend of what they do. And right when this came out, I mean, I was in college at the time and it just, it hit perfectly. I saw them on tour prior to this coming out and then like three or four times after the fact. And it's just, it remains one of my favorites. You can throw it on anytime and I enjoy it. I'll shout out the opener, the only one, followed by Shake It Out, track two. My friend Marcus, track eight, everything to nothing, track ten. technically the closer but there is a song called jimmy he whispers which is kind of like a bonus track built in there but fantastic album still holds up go check it out if you haven't heard it before if you're into the uh brand new if you listen to our opening episode about brand new they are kind of one of the the current disciples of that they toured with them quite a bit and yeah go check it out your number seven brother my number seven 
I'm going to argue that this has to be a uh, sophomore album because originally this album was released titled Hooked. Okay. Are you, did you literally have to do like looking up notes in the room to no, like. No, no, no. no. I, I'm just oh, okay. making sure I got the, the numbers right because apparently the last number thing we have, I, I messed it up completely. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like somewhere in here we're going to have an album that can be debated because there's so many like. Oh well, technically it was an EP, but was it a full length? Or they self released it, so it's not a studio album. Like that. See, this, this so, is this is it because this was self released as or on a different label and released as an album called Hooked. But in 1990, a little album called To the Extreme by Vanilla Ice came out. Is this seriously on your? Okay. Yeah, number seven, <laughs> To the Extreme, Vanilla Ice. Just uh, give me a little refresher. Again, I know we just talked about it. Give me a little refresher on the three that didn't make the cut past Vanilla Ice. Um, the Streets. Okay. Talk, Talk. Okay. Tears for Fears. I d- oh. Wait, wait for the next half of the list, dude. It's good, I promise. Okay, brother. I'm just I'm charting this one because of the fact that it could be argued it should be a second album. Two, it is... You know, quintessentially, and then the album of the '90s when it comes to white rap, and I mean, just look at the trajectory that it put the lights on. Somebody plays the the first single was released; it was terrible. Somebody played the B side, and oh my god, Ice Ice Baby's on here. There's a cover of. Oh, I wonder why everybody likes it so much. Oh, it stole ding, a ding, hook. Ding, it's ding, like ding, 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 yeah, so number seven, <sighs> Vanilla Eyes to the Extreme. You rock a mic like a vandal, light up a stage, and watch it jump like a candle. Okay, and name me one other song off of Play this that funky album. music, Vanilla Eyes. It's also okay. a cover probably, too. I don't know. <laughs> God damn it. This is the first one we've gotten to where I'm, just, I'm flabbergasted. This is on your favorite albums, period. Okay. Excuse me, favorite sophomore albums. Sophomore albums. Dude, there's so many sophomore albums, but I can't wait to hear what outranks The Iceman. Yeah. Oh, God. How to recover. We'll recover by talking about a fantastic band that's close to our hearts here, The Arc of E Network. All Get Out makes the list once again. See, I said you have two albums. The second one is even better than the first, the season which appeared on my first list. Can't really remember where I ranked it. Don't have it in front of me right now. Sorry about that. Came out last year. Absolutely fabulous album, top to bottom. I love the pacing of it. It's like short and sweet. Gets in, gets out, but still manages to have a lot of different flavors in there. I will shout out Room to Talk, the opener. You've heard all of these on the movie arc at some point, uh, probably. Whatever. Track four. Now you've got it. Personal favorite, number seven. For every product.
ATX. We just saw them recently. I assume you enjoyed the show, sir. I did. I it was it was it amazes me. I think I I talked about it on that arc on the uh, mm-hmm. about how I just I see them. I've never seen them outside of Columbia, but like I'm there and I remember being a kid in the crowd at all these shows and like thinking like god these bands I'm seeing are fucking awesome. And it's weird to look at kids that I don't know, but I've seen mm-hmm. multiple times at the same venue that are like just they're shouting out every word, they're going crazy, they they're they're hanging on every every movement. I mean, yeah. I don't know the drummer. I knew, I knew was it Gordon used to be a drummer yeah. at some point. I don't know who was playing drums from this time, but when he got up and doused everybody with water, everybody went crazy like mm-hmm. they're jumping all over that tiny stage and I'm just like, guys, one of you's going to hit your head. Something's going to go somewhere because <laughs> I've watched someone hit their head. One of the guys from when I was at the Hawthorne Heights show, the guy that was doing merch ran up on stage and was hitting a cowbell to keep time while the drummer quit. And then when the drummer came back, he ran and dove and hit his head on a light. So I'm always afraid someone's going to hit their head on a light at New Brooklyn Tavern. But it just amazes me how many people just are digging all get out, that vibe, that feel, just all of that. They're not just a jam band. They're not just like an indie rock thing. They're not... It's weird because I consider them local. Nathan's a good friend. Love Erica to death. Um, know some of the other guys as well. And it's just crazy that like people all over the place know who they are. They're in Europe right now, if I'm mis- not mistaken, right? Or going to be soon? I Yeah. They're either on their way or they're there as we speak. Yeah, but yeah, so, their first UK tour, which is awesome. Um, you may have the chance to catch them very soon. I think there is going to be a fall tour. I don't know if all of those dates have been announced yet, but keep uh, an eye out for that. Just a tie-in as well with my previous number seven. This album was produced by Andy Hall I was and Robert say, McDowell I thought, I thought from they, uh, Manchester Orchestra. Which people keep telling me I need to go meet him. They tell me that they mistake me. I've had three people in my in my office at work pull up a picture of him. Like, do you know who this guy is? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you I know guys who he is. do look remarkably yeah. similar. So maybe I can get a job being like a body double. Go for it. Yeah, you should tell him to hit me. Or just like a decoy that he pays like fifty bucks and. Let's come to shows for free. Yeah. Just Something put glasses like on and stand there and sign it, sign autographs for him. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that'd be You dope. could totally pull that off. You Thanks. should try that at the next show we go to. Yeah. Your number six, sir. My number six is from 2010. Dude, you got... <laughs> Man on the Moon 2, The Legend of Mr. Rager by okay. Kid Cudi. God, you, you saved it. I can't... <laughs> Specifically... Specifically... I still can't get over Vanilla Ice, dude. Let's see if he can trumpet people. Let's see if he can flabbergast me once again but yeah kid cuddy appeared on your first list if i'm not mistaken yes, yes. um the whole album is dope specifically i put out don't play this song marijuana i'm gonna shout out my favorite which i can't remember the title of right now how's it go keep going um List some more for ashen kutcher uh, excuse me ashen kusher uh erase erase me, me featuring wow, kanye west yes. that is my favorite and that's what i'm gonna play right now i'm pulling you know producer editor card she said i don't spend time like i really should she said she don't know me anymore i think she hates me deep down i know she does she wants to erase me She said, I keep on running, keep on running. 
That's what's you getting gotta dropped do, in. You got to do the part where it's, yeah, I'm in the magazines, on the TV, no matter where you are, you might see That's me. That's actually my least favorite You don't like Kanye's fiction? Yeah. No, I mean, I like, like, I'm just saying This overall. what this bitch tells me. <laughs> she said yeah you should do that um this is uh yeah this is night and day i'm not gonna say better than the first album but there's a few it feels like a continuation i mean not just in title alone but it feels like a continuation not like a a full-on how does it it came out like the following year yeah i believe so because mr yeah this is 2010 and let me see when the first one was yeah 2009 2010 it definitely feels like you could just roll straight into the next one yeah. whereas some people you know there's a clear departure for the second album they're going for something different but yeah a lot of times it's also i think kind of as we see over the course of this list it's kind of a polishing of that first sound which maybe the first record didn't have the right production behind it or whatever but i feel I mean, like what i realized get... is like the sophomore slump it's kind of a myth yeah. when it comes to albums because i found so many where i'm like this is fantastic. Like, this is where they, like, took off or found themselves. Yeah, More it, so with modern bands, because, again, I started looking, like, deep back, and it's like, again, Stones, Beatles, like, Bowie. They just all have so much coming just, out. Like, there's, like, yeah, you get, like, four or five initial albums, which you think of, like, oh, there was, like, five or six hits, you know, strewn yeah, throughout like there. I, and then they start getting to full-on albums. Like, when you get to the 70s. Anybody who started in the 60s, it's, like, Here's here's our first record, which is like maybe a couple of originals and then a bunch of covers of popular songs. Yeah, and if yeah, you listen to musicians, it takes a little while before like, you get to like like Alice Cooper was talking to Mark Maron about how like they just played covers for the opening a little bit, and like I thought, I honestly, this is how bad of a fan I was. I thought I was gonna put, I was gonna go in, I was gonna put Thriller as my number one sophomore album of all time. That's Dude. like Michael Jackson's like fifth solo album. I didn't yeah, realize no, even ben off the wall and off the wall is yeah, off is the wall is like his third, third or fourth, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So I was like, well shit, you know, because you, you get in this mindset of like, okay, they've had their first one. They've got a bit of success. The next one, they can never get back there. But like, mm-hmm. I feel like because in between the first one and this, I believe 808 and heartbreak came out and he was on that heavily with Kanye West. And so, mm. Like, obviously, there's Kanye's on this. I don't know who guessed a lot on the first album, but I feel like the second one, once you kind of come out, people notice you, people want to work with you. Because if you look at, like, after the, after the first Bon Iver album came out, I can't remember if Watch the Throne comes out in between that, but, like, Justin Vernon did a ton of work with Jay-Z and Kanye West, either mm-hmm. after the first one or after the second one. I'm, I want to say it's after the I think second it's one, I'm sure. In, I think it's before that second one actually yeah, came out. Yeah, I want to say. But so I have to look at, I have the, to look and see the dates. But, yeah, there's... I believe now that we're 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 halfway through each other's list, we both done our sixes. I totally get it. Like that is a myth. I'm gonna go, we can go ahead and say that now. There is no yeah. such thing as a sophomore slump if you're a good band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's the caveat for all of this, I guess. Anyways, yeah. back to the list. Back half, starting out strong, dude. Yeah. My number five, Prince by Prince. Boom. 1979 what song am i gonna know totally almost put this on my debuts and i was like oh shit there's yeah. one before it yeah. uh-oh i want to be your lover dude that's I know. the first first track like can you think of a better opener
are just like, do you not want to listen to the rest of this album? And what's also great, when you go back and listen to this, you're so used to probably hearing the radio edits of all of these songs, you forget that Wanna Be Your Lover does not stop after two and a half minutes. It's a fucking five minute and 45 second like jam sesh yeah. afterwards. Like you could dance to this album like forever. Yeah. It's amazing. You've also got Why You Want to Treat Me So Bad. That's yeah. your track too. Sexy Dancer. Okay. So your first three just like out of the gate killing it. And then you got some other hits on there. But I'll point out also I Feel For You. Yeah. Which you forget is a Prince original. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's track eight. But it's just... It's fantastic. It's definitely, you know, it's early Prince. I had to get him on here, A, because I love this album. Veronica is a huge Prince fan. That's like one of the things she and I bonded over when we first met. And we listen to him constantly. But this album in particular is the one we throw on and just let play. Or we throw on like a Greatest Hits album that runs through a bunch of stuff. But I wanted to get it on here specifically because he's another one. When you look at it, it's like he's got um, Dirty Mind and uh controversy as well for like three and four if i'm not mistaken but technically we won't get to 1999 or purple rain because we said we're just gonna go to senior albums before we like move on to other topics and stuff so for the time but being, prince needs to be to his own here. topic i mean we yeah. need, we have to we and need to do like one, a legends i want to do like a more of a deep dive on his more modern day output because i feel like nobody that knows that. there's the huge gap of like yeah yeah the last decade before his death that I'm just like completely blank on. Like, I don't know any songs from that era. So yeah, you might even think that while my guitar gently weeps is his because of that badass Oh my tribute. God, he's such did. an amazing performance. Yeah. yeah. Did you hear this? RIP. Did you ever? Always, Prince. I'm still sad about that. Did me. you hear Conan talk about him at one point right after he passed? Conan O'Brien said he was at a, a benefit show mm-hmm. and uh, they were like talking about, Oh, Prince is going to be here. Prince is going to be here. And so all of a sudden like Prince just shows up and he's standing next to him. He's like, Hi, Conan. He said, oh, hey, hey, how you doing? You know, you're doing all right? He said, yeah, I'm fine. He said, so rumor rumor is you're, you're going to go out and play tonight. And he's like, no, it's not going to happen. He's like, oh, okay, well, that'd be cool because, you know, the rumor was just that you were going to go, yeah, Conan, mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen. <laughs> and Conan says, so like a minute later, somebody comes and hands him a guitar, lays it over him. He straps it up, looks at me, winks, and walks out on stage <laughs> to go play. And I was like, dude, there's got to be tons of those. I'm pretty sure there's podcasts where like famous people have gone into their print stories. Yes. Like I know Quest, there. Quest Love has some. Everybody's got a Prince story. It's great, but yeah, we'll have to do like a bigger deep dive just on Prince for sure. But go check out again what might as well be the debut, but is technically the sophomore outing from Prince. That's my number five. Back over to you for your number five. I think my number five might actually be on your list somewhere. Might even be your number one. Go for it. It's a little album from 2003. Okay. Got a French title. Okay. And it's not on my list. Go ahead. Please. You didn't put it on your list? Nope. It's in the honorable mentions. Okay. I thought I was going to trump you. Take your number one down since you took my number one down. There is no way you're going to take my number one Probably down. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, Deja Etu. Entendu? Entendu. Deja Entendu. Yeah, I can't. Deja Entendu. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Dude, we are from South Carolina. It's Deja Entendu. I like that. They're Deja Entendu from, from that brand, brand, brand new. new. Deja Them boys really know how to rock it out. Yeah, it's really dark and <laughs> ominous. I like that sick transit for Gloria. Sick transit for Gloria. And the, the quiet things that no one ever knows. Oh, man. And uh, good to know if I... 
want to talk to okay, you. All I got to do is die. Let's, I don't know. Let's yeah, no, that, that this the is the, out, this, this yeah, number, that, that's my number five. It's the first one I realized who they were. Obviously I'd heard like Jude Law and stuff, but didn't know what they were. So, mm-hmm. uh, first video, sick transit for Gloria, saw the video on MTV and was amazed at it. And then like, I remember going to see them live and thinking like, we're seeing a fucking band that's like on MTV, dude, they're fucking famous. And like, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about all that on the first episode of this music arc, the brand new episode, the brand new episode about brand new, yeah. uh, just how like they have a cult following. They're just crazy. But I feel like at this, when this came out, such a departure from the first album that if you are a hardcore fan, you dug it. I, I've said it on that one. I'll say it again. I love the progression in their albums. There's nothing like the first one. It's perfect to me. And if we ran up through it, they'd be on every every list. That should be a tell about the next list we're going to record. But, uh, yeah, 2003's Deja Etondu. Et, Listen again, already heard, whatever you want to call it. doesn't matter. Brand new second album. If you don't know about it, you better ask somebody. You're number four. My number four. It's Dad Corner Part 3. From 1989. Hugely influential for like a lot of the bands that I'm most into. You're going to recognize such songs as Debaser, Monkey Gone to Heaven, Gouge Away, Hey. I could also throw Here Comes Your Man. Here Comes Your Man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Doolittle by the Pixies. The Pixies. Pixies. Okay. There's no the. Okay. You can call them the Pixies if you want to, but technically it's Pixies okay. on this album. I think they are now the Pixies. It's probably because now that of Kim Deal does not play with them anymore. From probably. I, I don't even know how all that breaks down at this point. There's it's just like it's Frank like, Black. There's Black Francis. Who knows? But it's one of those albums you're just like top to bottom. It's fantastic. It has pretty much everything you know from them that you've probably ever been exposed to just in popular culture. Where's my mind on that? No. There you go then. What is on Doolittle um, that I haven't already mentioned? Again, Debaser, fantastic opening track. Um, La La Love You, I'll shout out as a particular choice favorite. Jones, track nine. This album is produced by Gil Norton. He worked with Patti Smith, Foo Fighters, Jimmy Eat World, AFI on Burials. Didn't You're not going to mention that? my favorite song of all time. Echo and the Bunnymen as well. What? What's that, buddy? Wave of Mutilation. Yeah. Did you say again, that already? No, I didn't because it's, I was just trying to shout out a few others. But again, it has pretty much everything you think of them for, except for Where Is My Mind. Which, yeah. And yeah. 
So, which I mean, if you if you only know them for Where Is My Mind, then you're just like one of these kitschy cool kids. You really don't like Pixies because you call them the Pixies like an asshole. So, <laughs> uh, I, you know, learn again. I'm on record. I absolutely love Modest Mouse. They're my favorite band of all time. And I've always said, like, nobody really sounds like them. But you can feel tinges of it in the Pixies, who are essentially, like, they do predate Modest Mouse by a couple years. But then at a certain point, they're kind of contemporaries in terms of sound and stuff. So it's like there's a slight influence. And again, I feel like you get a little bit of talking heads in there with Modest Mouse, even though it's not obvious at first brush. But um, fantastic album. Go listen to it if you haven't. This is one of those I just feel like everybody should own just as like an artifact. Like if you don't have Doolittle, just go pick it up because it's probably like 10 bucks somewhere or you can get it used for like five at a record store. Just go yeah. get it and listen to it and love it. Sorry for the car alarm. Oh, somebody stopped it immediately. Holy Never shit. Never mind. Never happens. Okay. Um, you're number four, brother. My number four is from 2006. It's the second album from the Gym Class Heroes, As Cruel As School Children. Okay. Flanked by three separate funny comedic vignettes, the album is about titled and basically pretty much about being in high school. Okay. Uh, with such songs as, um, uh, well, this doesn't really fit. No, none of it fits. Shit. Uh, you got Take a Look at My Girlfriend or Cupid's Chokehold, uh, New Friend Request, uh, Shoot Down the Stars, personal favorite, Viva La White Girl, which everybody thinks is about cocaine. I could argue that, but to me it's about music. Gotta love it. Close Off, which is my favorite, which is a cover of a Jermaine Stewart song, where in this, uh, and, and Jim Class Hero says, we have to take our clothes off to have a good time, but Jermaine Stewart says, we don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time. So they're basically like, he got it wrong, we're going to write this wrong. Yeah. Yeah. See, here's the thing. We have to take our clothes off. Sexy. The videos are pretty dope. <laughs> this one, again, heavily influenced. How are we going to write this wrong? With Patrick Stump. Yep. Shut up and kiss me like the antidote was under my tongue. Whoa. Like my favorite line from that song. All but right. yeah, so if you want to play clothes off here, you can. Because everybody knows Cupid's Chokehold. It's Breakfast in America by the Super Tramps, but you know. Super Tramp. Super Tramp. <laughs> I don't <Thank> you. know. <laughs> the, the Super Tramps. The, by, fine. Breakfast in America by Super Tramp. Whatever that is, um, but yeah, I just I it's this Super Tramps one of the, didn't make my list, and I don't even think I looked it up. But I feel like they're one of those bands. They have an album where like everything you know from them is on one album. It's like Probably. Frampton Comes Alive or something, or like Chicago Three. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Mom said Mom said she had to buy Chicago, Dude, Chicago, Chicago Three four times. So what I realized in prep for that concert. Side note: I don't know if we've talked about it somewhere. We saw the Doobie Brothers and Chicago recently with our parents. Awesome show. But yeah, I didn't realize Chicago has a back catalog of like 30 albums or some shit. Yeah. And when I start, I was like, that's them. That's them. Like, what? Yeah. We yeah. could do a whole podcast on that with mom. Well, when you love somebody, what do you know? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I could have done without all the 80s. I know that's what people know them for. But yeah. That I was, was just like, yeah. get to and I love the- Saturday in the Park. God damn it. I want to hear 25 or 64. 
Yeah, and I love that they may, they're like, yeah, we know we kind of had to change our sound in the eighties, but it yeah, was they our best move. Talk about it on stage. Yeah. They're like, but we paired with this new producer, and it actually generated some of our biggest hits. Here's ten songs that we fucking killed it with during the eighties, and all of them. I was just like, God damn it. That's one of those times I would have loved to be sitting with mom and just get Bruce Springsteen, just the stories, <laughs> just <laughs> Chicago, just the stories. That'd been great. But yeah, I I came to Jim Class Heroes by way of Cupid's Chokehold and. Found out about the Paper Cut Chronicles, realized that Travi McCoy had won like um, some MTV great, uh, like uh, best MC with rapping and whatnot. But what really sold me for them was the fact that it's live, it's a band, live music in a band with this hip hop feel, pop feel groove. They never quite got back to this, the quilt and uh, the Paper Cut Chronicles, too. I've never even heard them. They had a few kind of like catchy pop hits. I think Travi McCoy had his own deal. Um, but this is one of those Fallout Boy, Decadence, uh, Cobra Starship, early or mid two thousands like emo, pop punk, whatever you want to call it, like mashups that like I just got stuck in, and it's got the next three are really hard to do. I don't want to have to say that they're that. Like okay. these next three were even harder than putting Vanilla Ice on the list, dude. I'm pretty proud of my top three. Okay, but yeah, I'm interested to see what yours are. Yeah. Um. So it's my number three. Your number three. I feel like this has got to be on your list. And if it's not, I'm going to be shocked. It's another, like like Prince by Prince, this is another self-titled album. Can you tell me what it is? It's from 2011. Aaron, he to the stove. And the rain let in. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you nailed it. What? Where is it Didn't on your I list? lose it in the stack what? still, so I'm going to let it call back on. It's my number nope. three, too, brother. Okay. It's my number three, too. All right. All right. Yeah, I struggled because I was. I like, did, dude. I it, really it did. It was really close. It says it's so number... new. Yeah, that's part of it. That's definitely part of it. And I have tons of new albums on here, like just yeah. relatively speaking, in the span of music. <laughs> um, all of mine are very modern for the most part. But I'll say this: none of the ones that are on my list, I don't think they won a Grammy as being the second Not album. That that's the marker of like what makes a good <sighs> album, dude. I but. I'm kicking myself, man. I completely forgot to put LaRue on the best freshman on my on debut album. My huge one after the fact was Cold War Kids yes. debut album, which has so many that I love on. That first LaRue album, In for the Kill, that one won a Grammy too. This second album from Bon Iver, Bon Iver, or Bon Iver, if you're from the yeah. South, won a Grammy, dude. That like this it, it was hard to put it at three, but where the other two sit for me is like part times of my life and like when I found them and that's, like more that's part of it for yeah. me too definitely but I'll specifically speak to this one it's one that I just remember latching on to like immediate I don't know if like you tipped me off to it or not I had already gotten into for Emma forever ago yeah. a little bit but yeah I don't know how I came across initially if it was like a Tim crossover but I do remember staying in Tampa for the summer and me and Tim like listen to this on a regular basis, but specifically at night as just like our chill out before we go to bed, like we would just throw that on and it is a still remains a gorgeous album. I don't like, it's one of those that's kind of a mix. Like I think it works for great for like a nighttime drive also works really well for a daytime drive and it just, or it gets accused of being elevator music. Yeah. I mean, I totally, I get people that can't, get into it but there's moments of this album that are like exhilarating to me and that may sound to some people like what are you talking about like it's so mellow but 
the Laird production, man, just it doesn't sound sonically like anything mm-hmm. I've heard in or a long time, like before or since. It has a completely unique sound to it, and it's one of those I was like, how the hell are they ever going to recreate this live? And they do it. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the scarier that's thing, dude. Where, I'm like, how the hell is that possible? That's where I got, I honestly, this is where it happened, because I listen, I watched an episode of SNL with Channing Tatum, and he came out and said, ladies and gentlemen, Bonnie Vare. And I was like, what is this? And they go into, I think it was either Calgary or, um, what's the other one? I can't remember. It's either Cal- I know they ended with Beth Rest. They That was the second mm-hmm. one. And I was just like, dude, this guy sounds awesome. Like his voice. And then like, there's a whole fucking, ba- it's like, it, I thought it was like a new Dave Matthews kind of thing. There's like a ton of dudes behind him <laughs> playing instruments. And I was like, before these crowded streets, brother, all right. But no, that wasn't the case. But it's just so, like, there's so many different layers. And honestly, this and my, the rest of my two are complete albums. Yeah. I can listen to this and my Absolutely. other top That's twos. what I was going to say. It's like, like, I could sit over. here and shout out, like, oh, I really love Perth, which is the first track. I really love Minnesota, Wisconsin, which is the second track. I really love Holocene, which is the third. Like, Maybe I could it was go Holocene. It was on. Holocene. That's what he started with. They definitely yeah. played that in the Saturday Night Live set, yeah. yeah. But I will shout out, like, if I have to separate them out, but it's like, I think of them so cohesively, it's like the, the way they just, like, flow into one another, it's hard to be like, oh, I just want to throw this one on. Like, if I'm going to listen to this album, I'm going to throw it on start to finish. Oh, yeah, Very no, you rarely can't, yeah. am I like, let me just skip to this one. No, if it shows but up on my, if it shows Panama, up on the Texas, shuffle, which we haven't yes. mentioned, that's one of my jams. In the first of life, past the lower kind, bodies wrapped in white. Stranded every pain, baby, pass the sun. You ever seen Warm Bodies? Yeah. I love how that's used in Warm Bodies, dude. I mean, it's perfect. I The only reason I like that movie to the extent that I do is because the soundtrack is pretty phenomenal, but that's also part of what I don't like about that movie is it's essentially like a giant music video that yeah. kind of has a plot to hang around it, but there's so many music cues. It's like Suicide Squad. It's ridiculous. Or, yeah, or like a Baby Driver or something. Yeah, but that's a completely different thing. Yeah, and I know. Take that back, because have you even seen it yet? Dude? No, I have. The best first ten minutes of any movie, like in the right, last I'll catch it. Like, I'll decade, catch it as soon as it comes dude. out. And we so can talk great. about it. Yeah, I think it's on Blu-ray very, very soon. This is not the movie arc. That's Bon Iver by Bon Iver from 2011. So that was your number three. That was my number. Do you three. want to go ahead and jump in with your number two, or do you want to come back to me? Go to your number two. two. We, sh- we have flip flops. No, no flip flops. No flip flops. No flip backs. No flip flops. No flip flops. No flip backs. All right. Number two for you. <laughs> 1997. This was so hard, dude. This was almost my number. Again, you could take this top three. Matchbox Twenty. Like, nah, man. Backstreet Boys. What would that be? I don't even know. What is this? Is that Mad Season? Is that the second? No, that's like 2000. 
Man, 97 is 3 a.m. and all that. Yeah, yourself or someone like you. Yeah. Or, anyways, yeah, no, Matchbox 20 is not on the list. Okay. I'm not going to pull a 90s card Santana. in my final. No. Okay. Should look at that, though. I feel like Santana is one of those that has, Dude, like... Dude, Smooth is still on the charts years. right now. That's that's awesome. No, it's Great. a joke. Like, there was, like, a oh, Clicko okay. article. <laughs> or, like, an Onion article that says, Santana, Rob Thomas enjoys 87th, like, month, <laughs> 87th month of top 10 or whatever. It's a joke. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Lonesome Crowded West by Modest Mouse from okay. 1997. Their debut appeared on my debut list. They are my favorite band. Again, it was very hard not to put them in my number one slot. But I had to go with like the album itself. And while this is on my top five favorite albums of all time, which my number one is as well, and my top five of all time can kind of shift around, except for the number one, which never changes, which we'll get to on our next list, which you won't hear till next week. Um, it's just It tells you everything you need to know about basically first half of their career, Modest Mouse. It, it's raw. The songwriting, songwriting is amazing. The production takes a definitely a giant leap forward from the first record. Uh, Calvin Johnson worked on huge chunks of it. Isaac Brock himself. Um, and Scott Swayze as well. And I'm just going to shout out a few favorites. This is another one where I'm like, you should just listen to it start to finish because it's got so much great stuff on it. But Lounge, Closing Time, Shit Luck, which is track 11, and then track eight, Trailer Trash. And I got a little story. I don't know if you and I have actually ever talked about this, and it might be a first, brother. But I have to thank you for my Modest Mouse fandom. Because whether you know it or not, you are the reason that I love them. And I, that I, I initially got into them. Am I the meaning in your life? The inspiration? Yeah, sure. Okay. Do you know why? I Can you, like, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Is this news to you? Did I Is play this a revelation? Did I did I play float on for you at some point? No, okay. no. And I like to point out for people that my my fandom does predate them becoming big. With, yeah, with good news and all of that. Do you remember a little movie called Crime and Punishment in Suburbia? Oh my yeah, dude! I remember that. Okay, the first song in the tr- uh, closing credits of Crime and Punishment in Suburbia is. Trailer Trash by oh, Modest Mouse. Okay. And I remember sitting there after that movie, which I thoroughly enjoyed and need to revisit, by the way. We could do a whole movie arc stretch on like early 2000s, like teen fuck up movies. Oh, yeah. American Beauty, Thumbsucker, Chum Scrubber, all of those. <laughs> but yeah, dude, it was one of those, it just hit me immediately. I was like, what is this and why have I never heard it before? Not to Lonesome Crowded West initially, but to Moon Antarctica, which 
might actually come up soon on the list. Eventually, when I did get back to this, for the longest time, I was like, Moon Antarctica, that's their best album. And it's like slowly dawned on me. And gradually I realized Lonesome Crowd West is my favorite thing by them. Again, I think it tells you everything you need to know about them. And they've definitely gone different places since. But like I said, early period Modest Mouse, basically everything pre-good news, I feel like this is really what you need to know, even though Moon and Antarctica is a fantastic album and definitely will show up on a future list. But yeah, Lone Crowd West, 1997, Modest Mouse, favorite band of all time. Your number two, brother. My number two? Let me ask you a question about your number one real quick. It, there's no way it's on your list. Guys. What years it come out? You know, I actually didn't write it down. I have dates for literally everything yeah. else. Do you have a date on it? Because I'm kind of torn. This is I, I wrote it down. I was going to stick by the list, but I'm just having second thoughts before I actually have to put down my number two of all time best sophomore release. I'm just I want to see. I don't. It may be on your list. It may not be. But I just want to know what year the album you picked for number one comes out. Two thousand three. Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> my number two. Of all time, 2003's Viva La Cobra, Cobra Starship. Okay. A complete album, completely different from the first. You need to play Guilty Pleasure right now. Fair enough. dance tonight okay good um that whole album you can play from start to finish if you've never listened to it don't knock it give it a chance it's perfect the videos are perfect they don't this is legit a guilty pleasure for me i fucking love this album okay good it's nowhere near my top 10 (laughs) but i love it dude i'm not even gonna hate on you dude tell me that isn't awesome like Pleasure Island, G-A-B-E's come, it's coming for you. Like he does a little O-Dirty in there, Guilty Pleasure. Don't- Still one of the best live sets I've ever seen. And they were like, do you remember that bill that we saw at House of Blues? Yeah, it was, was them. Like five bands on that thing. It was them. Rock Head Kills on- Kid, Head Automatic, Cobra, Cobra Starship, Starship, Street Drum Corps. Street Drum Corps, yeah. And then 30 Seconds to Mars. Yeah, five fucking yeah. bands. That was like a... Yeah, I don't know who yeah. put that together, but that was that was pretty. Because awesome I remember we show, were leaving. Actually. I remember we were gonna go out the back way, but they were like, "Oh, you can't get out this way because you got to go do the whole." That was the best best idea. If you if you promote stuff, got an idea for you, steal it from that show. When you buy a piece of merch, give a kid a wristband that gets the kid in the line. You get the band right after the show. Set them upstairs away from everybody else. They sign all your stuff. And you move the line out quickly. Then there's nobody hanging around the cars like we did. We didn't hang around this time. We'd already met 30 Seconds to Mars. But you and I were going up the stairs. And like Brendan Riley knew who they were before I did. That's that's what pissed me off. I was like, he goes, oh, these are the snakes on the plane, guys. I was like, what? 
fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You never heard that song, Snakes on a Plane? No. And then I, the set was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Especially when they did, um, what was the one from the first album I loved? Anyway, I, I'm <laughs> losing the name because it's one of those that's got like a long ass name. Mm-hmm. But like this one came out and I kind of dug them off the first one. While, while the city streets, we rule the streets. Uh, this one came out, Cities at War, um, with the videos where pies are like bullets. And then Guilty Pleasure, they made like a bootleg one in their apartment in New York. It's fucking adorable. I love that video. You have to go watch it. The full out, the like full on production one with the DeLorean and like teaching the Japanese people how to dance. That's cute, but you gotta watch the bootleg original one that was in their apartments. I hate that Cobra Starship's no longer a band. Some of the other stuff they put out, everybody would probably know um, You Make Me Feel, which is a cute video and actually has a little cameo by Robin Williams. Makes me sad every time I watch it. But this is just, it was tough to make it number two. It's a full, complete album. It, along with Bonnie Vare, I can just sit and listen and listen over and over again. Again, if you haven't figured it out yet, the mid-2000s is where I'm at. Just, that, I, I was you. 17, dude. I was 15, 16, 17, yeah. excuse me, 16, 17, 18 during this time. Very impressionable, and I don't, I, I let it show. I may have changed how I look. I don't look like I did back then. I'm not skinny. I don't wear a lot of black anymore, and all my fingernails painted. But I, I love my music, dude. Yeah, you man. can't take it from me. I feel you. So I, I, okay. I think I definitely know what number yeah, one. Yeah, you know is. what number one is. And I'm ashamed to say, dude, it's in my honorable. It felt like a, I felt like I was just stabbing you and Tim like yes. in the guts, not putting. It in I my thought you were today. my brother. I even talked to him earlier today, and he was like, "Well, obviously, yes, obviously, that's up there." And I was like, "Yeah, man, totally." And then when I started like ticking stuff off for this list, I was like. You know, I, I love it, but I haven't listened to it in a little bit. But before we get into that conversation, which I'm dancing around right now, I'm going to jump in with contributor Sunshine Mayfield's list of his top 10 sophomores. I wanted to wait so that he wouldn't step on the toes of any of our stuff, but I'm realizing now there's no way. So before we close out, I'm just going to run through his. This will kind of t- like lead us into honorable mentions, but we'll build up. Sea of Cowards by Dead Weather was his number 10. Four Years Strong, Rise or Die Trying. Don't know much about Four Years Strong personally. Number eight, Strong Choice was not on my list. Definitely honorable mentions. James Taylor's Sweet Baby James. <laughs> Number seven, Common Market by Tobacco Road. Number six, Manchester Orchestra's Mean Everything to Nothing, which I mentioned on my list. Huge blind spot for me, and now I'm regretting that I didn't put it on my list. Number five, Amy Winehouse's Back to Black. Fantastic. That's a great one. Yeah. Number four, Coheed in Cambria and Keeping Keeping the the Secrets of Silent. Yes, dude. Oh my God. Flavor House has a three in the title, so you think it's a junior album, but it's not. Second Stage Turbine Blade, technically the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pinkerton by Weezer. Oh, dude. Came very close to my list as well. Also came very close on my list. The Low End Theory by A Tribe Called Quest. Fantastic album, start to finish. Listen to that one a lot recently, that and their most recent one. And his number one was Consolers of the Lonely by The Tours, the semi-supergroup featuring Jack White, which you may have heard. So I thought that was a nice sampling. Not really much crossover with us, just no. a little bit. And look for uh, a full article, full write-up on Alex's Top 10 on the music arc. That'll be up around the same time that you're listening to this. So hop on over to thearcofe.com and check that out. So now, without further ado, 
It's mine. Well, we're doing mine number one. Yes. Yeah. And then technically go back to yours, even yeah. though we totally know what it is. Yeah. If you know me, you if you're know what savvy, it is. yeah, you know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But maybe the vanilla ice thing totally threw you off. I mean, what's the worst thing I can say about Maybe you feel it right like now. you don't know him anymore. Yeah. My number one, which is from 2003, now that you reminded me to look up the date, is You Forgot It in People by Broken Social Scene. Huh. I don't know if you've ever listened to them. I take it by your response that you have not. Probably, no. I don't Next think time I you got like a midday drive, brother, or when you're coming down here, like, you know, driving down late afternoon as the sun is setting, throw this album on. And let me know what you think of it, because I feel like you would latch on to it in the way that you latch on to Bon Iver a little bit. And as much as it almost feels like it could be solely instrumental, but it's not. There are vocals, and they are essentially a giant Canadian supergroup. Like, you may know Feist. Do you know Feist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, part of Broken Social Scene as well as like her solo work and everything. You got people from Stars in here, Kevin Drew, um, Brendan Canning, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those you can listen to start to finish. The sheer variety across all of it, it, it's amazing how it definitely feels like the work of, you know, a ton of different individuals. There's like anywhere between 13 and like 25 people in the band at any given time, I guess. It's hmm. kind of just a rotating lineup. And... All of those different influencers are kind of felt throughout the album, but it all feels of a whole. Like, and I just, the way that they kind of like veer off, it's almost like you're like flipping through a radio dial and like you're just getting these slightly different vibes or whatever. Like, I don't even really know how to describe it, man, but just throw it on. One's I'll shout out real quick. Track five looks just like the sun. Pacific theme, track six. Cause equals time, which is track eight. And my personal favorite on the entire album, Shampoo Suicide. Without further ado, you are number one, sir. Well, no, what's the worst thing I could say about this album? Is it better that I stay on topic? <laughs> I was I was trying to like go with you, but I, I wasn't fast enough on my toes. Yeah. Okay. Well it's better if you stay on this. My topic. number one is solely my number one because you like D D, Audrey Hepburn, Fangoria, Harry Houdini, and Croquet. You can't swim, you can't dance, and you don't know karate. Face it, you're never gonna make it. I don't wanna make it. I just want That is the opening for the music video. Probably the song of the summer, the 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 up, up until the next album, up until this point, the quintessential emo, like starter pack, like emo anthem, I'm not okay, off of Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge by the band My Chemical Romance. That is my number one just sophomore album of all time, dude. Just great graze the top ten and just as easily could have thrown it up and in the top three yeah again this fucking list was so hard to make 
And anybody that's like, what the hell's wrong with you? Again, I feel like Gavin's already been pretty clear on this. We grew up in the early 2000s. And so you had this on like constant repeat. The first album as well. And eventually it just wore me down, man. And yep. I, I love it. I and had to Tim, buy it twice. My good friend loves it as well. Nathan I, even asked again. me about this during, not before the, right after the first album came out, he asked me something about it. Like, hey, what was the name of it? Or like out of the blue. And I was like, oh, you mean Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge? He's like, oh, yeah, I forget about it because of the Black Parade. And I'm like, yeah, most people do. But it is a solid album, a complete departure from the first. I will give it that. There are some hints of it there. You can hear him singing on the first and you're like, there's something there with this kid. But whoever produced this next one, it was probably the the change in the fact that Bob Breyer took over his drums and the shitty guy that they had as their drummer that stole a bunch of stuff and left or whatever happened with him. Uh, he's gone. Whoever produced this album, they talk about it. I don't know if you ever, if you're a weird like nerd fan like I am and you watch Life on the Murder Scene, they talk about how they had Ghost of You ready to go. And the guy comes in and says, yeah, no, 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 do it again and then bring it home. Like, do it a third time, bring it home to the crescendo, and then be it. The song structure. Yeah, the structuring. Way, way more well thought out. The cinematic videos, dude. Like, I'm not okay. The ghost of you being on, like, a World War II and they're in the shit. And you cross that with them at a USO. Like, it's Joseph Kahn. It's, there's just so much. Helena, for Christ's sakes, is, like, everywhere. People know that. Like any time that, you know, obviously we all know they broke up and then they released a, a little, oh, we're going to do something. Everybody thought, oh my God, they're back together. But it was just a re-release. Dude, we of all Black fucking Black. flipped out. Dude. And I love they had to release a statement that was like, sorry, like we didn't mean <laughs> to so freak sorry. everybody out. Yeah. Thank you for your response, but we're not actually getting back together. Yeah. Because I, dude, I told, I got the Black Parade reissue on vinyl. It's in, it's in my apartment. Yeah. But My Chemical Romance, you call me kitschy, call me emo, call me whatever. Uh, it's not you'd say it's not good music whatever whatever they they're they're my misfits or they're my sex pistols or they're my the smiths whatever you want to call them i love this band i wish they would decide to it's hard to think of i mean i love a lot of of other bands but like when i was in the thick of it like they were like i remember tim and i like oh they're gonna be on mtv too or they're gonna be on this channel or whatever like they're doing a live performance oh did you see this most recent video went up like Oh, did you hear about this shit that's happening behind the scenes? Like we were just like all over it, like a yeah, like oh, we heard, they're going like, to be on Fuse for thirty seconds yeah. to talk about something. Okay, we're that's there. Still, one of our running jokes. We were make we were joking about it earlier today when they came out with Black Parade and they played on Fuse, and it was Stephen, whatever the fuck his yeah. name is, who used to host that. We could never get over. They give this like haunting, beautiful, dramatic performance of Cancer. First time anybody's heard it. Yeah. And immediately afterwards, that was my chemical romance with cancer. <laughs> his delivery yeah. and his like, you know, just shit eating grin and everything. I'm just like, oh my God, you just like totally killed the mood, dude. Yeah. What the hell? Read the room, asshole. Yeah. yeah. No, like they, this album, they talk about obviously during the production, both uh, Mikey and Gerard Way's grandmother passed away. Mm-hmm. So they talk about how it's two kids getting over their grandma I'm not okay is like a trailer for a movie and I would love to watch that entire movie. Uh, there's just so much going on. Frank Iero, I don't think it's enough credit as um, a guitar player. He's, he was in other bands before this. He's gone on and done, I think it's leather something. I can't remember the name mm-hmm. of his leather or Leatherbacks or something. I can't remember the name of his other band, but Gerard Way's done some stuff since they, they broken up. His Ray Toro is pretty strong. Yeah. Ray Toro is awesome. His brother, Mikey, when we saw him at the black parade, Mikey wasn't with him. 
Um, well, we can talk about more Black Parade stuff some other time. Uh, <laughs> but this album is just it. It's it's perfect to me in the sense that like Bonnie Vare and Viva La Cobra are like you know mood albums. Like Viva La Cobra, I'm going out. I'm gonna get pumped up. Bonnie Vare, I want to chill. And I just want to take it back a second and just think about high school. Just go back to whether a time where there was no bills, no rent, no student loan payments, living at mom and dad's, had my own car, you know, riding around doing whatever. It's my chemical romance, man. They, no matter what happens, I, I'm, I'm talking a big game about them. I haven't put AFI on any of these lists because AFI to me doesn't get great until they get to like their fifth or sixth album. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it twisted. AFI is my favorite band of all time, but this album I mean, this is it. It's it's up there with "Sing the Sorrow" is one of my favorites of that time period. But it is my favorite sophomore album of all time, 2004's Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge" by My Chemical Romance. Before we uh, jump in to honorable mentions, do you have a favorite track from that album? That may be hard to ask, but I have a clear favorite. What's your clear favorite? Now, I asked you first, so you answer first. "Ghost of You." Okay. It's it's that's that's it. Right. That's the pinnacle. I feel like they don't get back there on the album. On the album, no. No. They, they get there yeah. on Black Parade and they stay there. That's what I'm trying to say. For sure. I do like Thank You for the Venom and uh, God, the full fucking album. It's not a fashion statement. It's a death wish. That is my number one. Really? And it's a fucking death wish. Yeah, it's a fucking if death wish. If we're doing right. a, uh, appropriate time. I lost my fear of falling. I will be with you. Okay. That whole album's great. Music videos are perfect. It flows. So it's the only one of these that I've bought twice. Because I just I played the first one so much that I had to get a second copy to, for my house. It's like I got one for the car, one for the CD, one for the Xbox. This I put this one on my original Xbox and listened to it while I played Amp Snowboarding. That's how much Splashdown. I, I Amp Splashdown. Splashdown. Oh yeah, and like your custom soundtracks and everything. Oh yeah, dude, fucking love it. Oh man, I'd love to find that playlist that was on there. There's so many random songs. Dude, yeah. And the shitty thing is, I had to burn all of them to that Xbox. <laughs> right. It took a fuck ton of time. Oh, I bet, man. It was worth it, though. It was yeah. definitely worth it. So, that those were our top tens. Love them or hate them. Those were our top tens. Still can't believe you had Vanilla I can't wait to hear some of your honorable mentions with fucking Vanilla Ice still on the list at number seven. Uh, but... No, you I didn't. Wanna, really, you want to kick it off? I didn't really have any honorable mentions. It was, oh, it was okay. tough. It was tough for me to come up with sophomores. Honestly, it was hard for me to whittle down sophomores. Is what I found. I, again, Dejan Tendu did not make the cut for me. Favorite worst nightmare by Arctic Monkeys. Fantastic yeah. album. Transformer by Lou Reed really killed me to cut that one. So yeah. many great hits off of it. Good Kid, Mad City, Kendrick Lamar. And it's one that you can debate. Why are you why are you shaking your I don't really listen to Kendrick Lamar. I listen to Chance the Rapper more to listen to Kendrick Lamar. Well, it doesn't mean you can't like both. I didn't say I didn't like it. I'm just saying I don't really know. You're just shaking your head very like, nah. No, no. I don't know it. I have never, I don't know a song. Fantastic album. Go, go listen to it. I also had Low End Theory by Tribe Called Quest up there as well. Free Will and Bob Dylan by Bob Dylan. Return to Cookie Mountain, TV on the radio. Antics by Interpol. Very new album, but Blonde by Frank Ocean. That was that was up in the consideration. Pinkerton by Weezer, I think I already mentioned that. Three Cheers, like I said, was right on the cusp. That's pretty much all of my honorable mentions, but it took it took a while. I think I'm happy with the order. Shout shout at us, please. The at gmail.com. If you love or hate our list, 
Give us your own list. We'll read them on a future episode if you want to give us some feedback. And again, keep an eye out on the music arc itself on thearchivy.com because we will have Alex's list, or excuse me, Sunshine's list up there for you to check out more in depth. And stay tuned for next week's podcast where we'll be covering our favorite junior albums, which hopefully we haven't stepped all over the toes of in the course of this one because I feel like we definitely hit a couple that are going to show up again. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if we probably should have said this, like, from Jump Street, but um, this was supposed to be, like, everybody talks about the sophomore slump, so we just decided, you know what, debuts as freshman, sophomore slump, junior season, and then, of course, the fourth album being the, you know, senior season, and you're you're out of here, so the idea was it was going to be fun to try and track bands who had, like, four albums that were good, because you look at My Chemical Romance, you got three and you're done. You got four four you just forget about danger days i did forget about danger days yeah <laughs> gotta put it on the list <laughs> <laughs> just found me who <laughs> good one uh yeah you know but yeah it's that's the idea here i again like you said i'd always heard so- sophomore slump and matter of fact one i didn't put on my list that i think you would make fun of me for but from under the cork tree fallout boy um that whole album solid not type. nearly as much fun as i made you for vanilla ice dude. yeah could have swapped them right out. Can we retroactively put that at number seven? No, nope. pretend that your happened? list is your list, man. Fuck. <laughs> I thought you were gonna, gonna make fun of me for Fallout Boy, so I thought you'd be thinking. Dude, if you want to get real, I could chop this up and edit it in such a way where Vanilla Ice is your number one. <laughs> so you know, just keep that in mind. Do you want to take a beating, Patrick Duffy? Because <laughs> it'll happen if you do that, dude. You brought it full circle with the Patrick Duffy intro. So yes, I think we should just leave it at that. That'll guys. do it. <laughs> For this week on the Music Arc, I've been Noah. And I've been Gavin. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. Thanks for listening, guys. So long and good night.